Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. So hi, Lorinda. Thanks for hi. being on the podcast. Hey. Thank um, you. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you about your journey to becoming a Tantra practitioner. Um, maybe to start, you can just introduce yourself. Tell us, who are you? What do you do? Great. That sounds amazing. I'm really excited, too. Um, my name is Lorinda Lehman. I work for the Embodied Awakening Academy. I do a lot of their operations. I host events. Um, I do a lot of different things behind the scenes, so I'm kind of the back-end people that kind of keep the wheels running. Um, and I am currently living in Boulder, Colorado. I was in Bali for about two and a half years prior to this. Um, so coming back to the States was a fun transition, especially in the middle of winter. <laughs> um, but I am slowly moving into, I did the Tantra practitioner training, which was amazing. And we'll go more into that. Um, and now I've started um, facilitating some for um, fundamentals of Tantra. I'm doing that this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting and it's, it's a beautiful life and it's such a transition from before I started with the Academy and what I did then. Uh-huh. So you work as a Tantra practitioner, you facilitate events and w weekend workshops. You also like organize retreats and things for the Academy and do a lot of the back end things. Um, so that's your life now. And you've moved to the States, which is, yeah, big change. Um, what was life like before you were a Tantra practitioner? What were you doing? Um, so what I was doing prior, I say let's go back. Um, I had been in Asia for about 10 years um, prior to in joining the Embodied Awakening Academy. I was in Thailand for seven of those years. Um, I was working as a IT outsourcing for an IT outsourcing firm that kind of, so I worked with software development people and connected them between the two sides for about five years. Um, and that was really fulfilling. I really liked it. And I'd never been to Asia before I got this job. So I kind of got just like thrown into the deep end. And um, after that, I started working for a software company and I also, um, directed a music festival for about three years while I was in Thailand, um, which was a beautiful event um, that was called Jai Tep Festival. So I did that for three years. Um, so that ended right with the COVID um, in 2020, where we had about 4,000 people, which was a huge endeavor um, and very close to my heart and very beautiful, but also um, a very good lesson in understanding your own boundaries and how much you should be overworking and burnout. Um, so then I moved to... Bali actually on holiday um, and got stuck there during COVID, which was the biggest gift I could have received. Um, and so within that space, I was there for those two years. And within that time, I went to the Living Tantra Retreat, which I'm now hosting. And um, that completely changed my life. And I found myself in this retreat where I had was going through a lot of processes because it does just crack you right open in the most beautiful way. 
Um, but I was also helping some of my friends in, in like holding space for them and moving through stuff. And I felt really, really called in that space to help and support. And I'd done some of that before with the festivals and I've always been someone to throw parties and things like that. So I've always kind of been in a hosting and hold, space holding space, but I haven't been in that place in a, in a place of healing. And so I felt really, really called. Um, but looking at the price tag, how much it costs, I had no idea how I was going to make it work. Um, so I kind of just put it to the side and didn't really think much of it. Um, and then ironically enough, I did a mushroom trip that pretty much told me like, Kaltara, you have to do this. This is your calling. You must go down this path. And I did. And so I called Tara and was able to work something out. And so I started working for the Academy, um, and, and, and pushing them through the path, um, where my skills were needed within the Academy. So it was a perfect alignment and, um, yeah, so it was, it was very different from my old life. Um, I would say that I was very much a hundred percent my masculine. I've, I didn't even have access to my feminine at all and didn't even know what that was. And so it was, it was a very intense, deep dive into Tantra and, um, healing and I couldn't have asked for a better gift regardless mm-hmm. of how hard and, and beautiful it was. It was totally worth it. And I'm, still in that process every day and I love it and before doing the living tantra retreat had you been on a path of healing or like been to some other workshops read some other books done something or was that your very first experience in in that world I've been doing a lot of healing in different ways. I pretty much was someone that like did read a lot of stuff. I'd already studied a bunch on attachment theory. I'd done Enneagram work. I'd done human design stuff. I definitely have worked with crystals for years. I just, I was interested in Tantra. I just was always a little bit taken aback by the industry of Tantra and the people in some of, and trying to find a teacher that I resonated with. And that's what trust. Yeah, because I I found so many that were so like skeezy or I just didn't feel comfortable or feel safe. And um, so I went to a Temple Night of Errands, which I think he's doing one soon as well, um, which was very beautiful and held. And I was able to just feel into the academy and and how safe it felt and how grounded, um, which I really resonated with because everything that they teach is so relatable to an everyday life. And that's what I couldn't understand between a lot of the stuff I'd read or heard about Tantra before is it didn't feel relatable. And that's Mm. what really resonated with me is that I can take this into my day day every day and do stuff with it and use it and use these tools. Because a lot of times when you're, when I hear like yantras or mantras or doing asanas, I'm like, what the, I don't know what, Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to, how is that supposed to help my everyday life? Like I do yoga already. What does that mean? So um, they did a great job of like, adding the practicality into it that that really helps me understand and shift my life and um so you went to this temple night and what what is a temple night can you explain just temple night is um, kind of like it depends on like what where you're at so it's sort of like authentic relating it's ways of like just meeting other people um and you sit in um they call it a puja which is just a circle um of, and you sit and you have like relations with other people and you have like little conversations, you have connection exercises, um, and you find ways to connect that you might normally do. Like, you know, if you're at a bar or out at a party. And so it helps you deep dive into different ways of connection of finding ways of meeting sensuality in a way that you might not normally do. And it's, it's really fun. I love doing it. It's so much fun to just be in those temple nights and they're 
Um, a lot of people, when they think of Temple Knights, are thinking, oh, that's so sexy. Or there's there's a lot of other ways that Temple Knights can be portrayed. Um, but the way they do it is very grounded, very clean. It's just about relating to the person, um, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And it's really good for beginners. It's a really mm-hmm. great, great way to kind of dive in and, and allow yourself to explore the inner you and figure out how you relate better to people. Cool. So you, you went to this temple night and then you ended up going to um, a living tantra retreat. And like, what was the process of then ending up taking the tantra practitioner training? Like, were you already kind of feeling like your work was not what you really wanted to do or? Yes, I was definitely in a space where um, I was kind of in limbo on like what I wanted to do next. And I was kind of working so I had, I'd been working for a software company, but I, I left them mostly because I didn't want to leave Bali and they wanted me back in Thailand, um, which Thailand's amazing, but it just wasn't the place for me anymore. It's just not Bali. Yeah. It's just not Bali. But, you know, yeah. like, it's still a very, very beautiful place. It's like trying to choose two gorgeous things over each other. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was I was kind of searching for my next thing on how I wanted to move through my life and what my next calling was and nothing had really stuck yet. So I was definitely in a transition period anyways. Hmm. And um, did you have a kind of feeling that the healing arts is a place that you wanted to give your energy and give your, your gift or did that kind of come Um, as a surprise to you after doing the living tantra retreat and then having that journey? I've always been wanting to help people and, and, that always comes out in different ways. Um, so it's, it was definitely on my radar. It just, I just didn't know what it looked like. And a lot of them I'd looked in the past about being like a nutritionist or helping through diet or yoga and just going back to school didn't seem that feasible, especially for how long some of that took. And so none of that ever really resonated, even though I'd always been thinking about it. I just couldn't find the right modality that I wanted to go into that I wanted to really dedicate my life. Hmm. Especially because I feel old. Like I feel like, and they, they always say this, like, I'm 40. So, like, you know, Oprah changed her life at 42. So, like, being a little bit older, I was like, I don't, do I want to start something new? And, mm. you know, doing a year practice and a year thing, especially when I was able to still use a lot of the skills that I had, just felt really, really aligned because I was able to help with the stuff that I was already doing and as well as go into a healing modality at the same time. So I could take, like, my superpower and build on top of that. And do something new. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really nice actually to make that transition like that. Like sometimes it's, it can be really scary to just make the shift like this. And sometimes that is also what's what's needed. Like if it's something that you really hate, for example, and just letting that go and then starting something new. But if it's something that you really love doing, like as a skill that you have and you love doing it and you want to go into a new field, it's really nice to be able to have both. And probably yeah. I imagine that your skills from your IT world also serve you in your new entrepreneurship and new field that you're in. Definitely. It does. I feel really balanced because like I love doing IT stuff. I love backend work. I love like data and all this stuff. And that's it, always been something that's inspired me and I really enjoy it. But I also love healing and I love working with people. And so being able to balance both of those, it feels like a really really nice alignment within my system so that way I'm still serving the greater good as well as you know helping with things that a lot of people aren't good at especially in in like the healing arts 
this is a kind of a niche. <laughs> like I'm kind of an anomaly of being able to do all the techie stuff as well as still doing the practitioner training. And I and think there needs to be the greater good as well. Like the back end, you can't do the front end unless you have the back end. So like we need you to do all this stuff. Yeah. So Definitely. in terms of, um, yeah, so you were in your IT role and then you went to this Living Tantra retreat. At what point were you starting to feel like, you know what, this IT thing, I just can't do it anymore like this. And then feeling like it's like time to make the jump. You know, there's that that special moment of like what's going on right now. It's just getting to the point where I, I can't do another day like this, but also I haven't yet jumped. Mm, yeah. So can you take us back to that moment, that time, what was happening, what you were feeling, what was going through your mind? I think what was going through my mind is that like, I love the IT stuff and that's great and it pays the bills, but it wasn't f serving my higher good. It wasn't feeding my soul. And I didn't like wake up every day, like dying to get on my computer and look at like Google analytics. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love doing it and it's fun and I like it, but it's not the same. And that's, I think was the point of when I realized that like, helping and serving others is what keeps me driving. It keeps me going every morning. Like I can wake up and go in if I know I'm helping and serving people. Mm. It, it makes a huge difference in how I feel and how my soul feels. Mm. And that I think is the big difference is that when you feel that huge calling in your system, you have to go for it. There's like no, there's no like when it's, when the door, when the like phone call comes and says like, this is your calling, there's no like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> like that you do it. You just fucking yeah. do it. And you have to figure out along the way how you're going to do it regardless. Of <laughs> yeah. And, but knowing that if you have that inside of you, it's not like the universe has given this to you as some kind of torture. It's like, no. it's yours so that the universe can collaborate with you to do something with it. It's not, yeah, you're not alone with this. You know, totally. inside of you. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling to be able to, find that finally yeah. and feel the ease of it and being like, okay, yeah, this is going to be hard, but it's totally worth it. And this is what I'm here for. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Some of the, some of the times I talk to friends about this as well. Like I just have, when I've had these moments in my life where it's like these do or die, oh, just a sec, there's a plane going over. I'm just going to pause. I mean, go on mute. And I'll make a note to remove that, 1440. Okay. Um, yeah, sometimes when I talk to my friends about this, when I've had similar kinds of experiences of like, do I do it or do I not? Do I follow this feeling or do I not? And sometimes I just think about myself when I'm like, I don't know, age 52 or 67 or 80 or something. And just like imagining if I don't do it, how will I feel? Mm, yeah. and if I do do it how will I feel and honestly like when I think about not doing it and I'm like 67 you know 82 whatever it's like I would just be sad and like I'd like lost something or missed something so yeah it's, for me it's really like um, 
I mean, how, yeah, you, you just got to follow it. But it's not easy. And so what, what was going through your mind when you were like, I think I want to leave this like super comfortable IT job that's paying all my bills and I know how to do it. And like there's a, there'll be a promotion in six months. And did you have some hesitations? Did you have some blocks? Um, not really. Um, I've, I've been through a couple of these situations in my past as well where I just do radically ridiculous things. Um, like moving to Thailand with never being there before and just taking a job um, and moving all my stuff. With, and I did this again the first time I began traveling. I think it was about, maybe it was, oh, how many years ago? Um, 10 or 12 years ago, I moved to Costa Rica within like six weeks of ever being out of the country. I was like, I'm done. I'm moving. I'm out. This is what I need to do. And so like I've, I've always done radical shit, like just as just ways of being like what I'm doing right now. I'm feeling stuck. This doesn't feel right. I, I'm, I don't care. I'll figure it out. And so mm-hmm. I've always really big shifts really quickly. I don't advise that for everybody, especially if that's not the way you're programmed, <laughs> but it's, it feels like if I'm in a place where I just feel meh and I'm not like waking up every day excited and and that's how I wake up most days I wake up excited I'm ready to be part of life and do all these things so if I start to get to a place where I'm like complacent and kind of bored and and not feeling that drive for anything then I know something's coming and I need to start looking for it and that's and and since I've been on this path every day I wake up and some days I have you know like crappy days like everybody else but I also know that I've got the teachings and the workings and like doing my daily practice every day so if I wake up feeling like meh or like not great I know how to shift that energy to make sure that I'm doing the stuff that I should be doing and so I just don't get stuck on my phone or watching Netflix all day or you know going into a spiral of self-loathing Yeah. So what helped you in the process of becoming a Tantra practitioner? You put in your resignation and then, or, or how did it happen? You like, you saw that you wanted to become one and then you thought about it for some time or yeah. Yeah. It took like, um, between the living Tantra retreat, I'd have to see, it was like May to August, I believe. I think August is when I started working with the Academy. I still did like some stuff on the side. Like I still did a little bit of like, I didn't, fully quit because I wasn't working like a full nine to five job. It wasn't like a a full corporate job. It was more like freelancing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I still dabbled in some other projects while I was doing it and then working for the Academy at the same time. So um, I always feel like I have three or four projects on just because I have yet to figure out and master the skill of single tasking (laughs) like many people. Um, so I've always kind of juggled a few things at once, which it, I was able to still continue to do the practitioner training and work for the Academy. So it was, yeah, it was kind of a wobble for a little bit, but it was worth it. And, and I made it work and mm-hmm. you do work. I mean, the practitioner training, like, uh, it's not, it's not so many hours a week, right? So yeah. You it's not too bad. Still, we did yeah, like it was like like ten hours a week. It can it varies on how much you want to dedicate into it. It can be like five to ten hours a week, depending on your dedication and your practices and how much you're doing it. Um, yeah, 
we had and we had a beautiful group that did it. So we had like a little study group where we met together and and, and went through things and had practices, which really helped. Is like finding a, like a little pod or crew of people to work with, and that just you know helps bond you with people that are going through a lot of the same stuff. And how did you feel when you like finally put in your resignation and like started Scary. going? <laughs> or yeah, being a tantra practitioner, scared. Yeah, yeah, it was scary just because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is really silly. But um, I had my family support. Um, they just believed in me, and and that felt really good. Um, and and so they were able to like say that like if I needed anything, they would support me while I was going through this training. Um, cool. Yeah surprising and great so it was it was nice to have support around me while I was doing it mm. um and then yeah so and tell us more about the the process of the training and then becoming a tantra practitioner like mm-hmm. what is the work like what did it feel like doing it like because also there's a difference between receiving a tantra session and then being mm. a tantra practitioner like when you're on yeah. the other side, like how is that different? It's very different. It's so interesting because like I think through the process, um, as you begin to learn how to do all of the techniques on yourself, you're pretty much your own like testing body. And so doing all the practices, like I could feel like I went through a full Kundalini awakening in my practitioner training, which I had no mm-hmm. idea what that even does. And that looks so different for each person. Right. And so like, I would do like a morning practice and all of a sudden I was like coughing up energy and all of a sudden I was, my whole body was shaking. I was like, what is going on? Um, And so it was, it was quite intense and and quite big, but it felt really good. And I could feel start, I could feel my body start to like activate and actually come online. Um, I think for most of my twenties, maybe even before that, I'd say like most of my life I was probably disassociated. Um, Mm. And I have a pretty, pretty intense background of, of just growing up as, yeah, it was, it was a pretty intense background. So I had a lot of trauma that I needed to work out. And so it wasn't that difficult once, once my body understood the neural pathways and the way of which getting into the trauma, it was pretty easy. It's like, Oh, this is what we're doing. Cool. So like each time I'd go into a process, it was quite big and I was able to move through quite big things, um, which, also you have to be mindful of like I was hitting it so hard I was going so hard into the process because I was like this is amazing I can't believe this process works so well to just clear out trauma out of your body so quickly that I actually almost hurt myself and and damaged my energetic body because I was doing too many processes at a time and so I had to kind of pull back for a little while on my sessions on my internal my personal sessions for a little while just to let myself my body heal because I was I was going too hard which is my way of how I do everything. <laughs> so it was, um, I would say, understanding how your body works helps you understand how other people's bodies work. And it helps you open up and find new gifts and, and, and things within yourself. And then you start to understand other people better too. So um, all of that I've done, it helps me resonate with any of the clients that I have and what they're going through and where they've been and understanding that like, it takes a while, like going into one session, the first session, there's, you're probably not going to have a huge breakthrough because your body doesn't even know how to talk to itself yet. So it's like having that sympathy and understanding where people are coming from and knowing how hard it is when you realize that you're like, 
your body hasn't been doing anything for your entire life. Like realizing that I was like disassociated my entire life was really rough to swallow. It was really hard to like really realize that. And so I think it's moving through that process and just having sympathy for everyone and where they're at in their process. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, and I can hear you as well. That It's like the practitioner training was, um, yeah, learning to become a t- practitioner, but actually first is your own process and first mm-hmm. is connecting to your own body and having these realizations. And then, yeah, the, the more you can um, understand yourself and understand how it is to be on that healing journey, then you can understand for other people and connect with them where they are. And I imagine that you probably attract clients that are quite like you as well. Yeah, I do. Which is feel things in ways that you do and have had some of the similar struggles. Yeah. And it helps relate. And it's, and um, Chantel speaks to this a lot and it's like you call in people that are on the same frequency that you do and that are working on the same things. Um, So it's, it's very fascinating. The people that do come because I was like, this guy, what? And then like, okay, now I understand. So a lot of times, you know, like, just because we're different people or who your clients are, there's something there that resonates and you just have to trust that. And um, now working as a practitioner, when I go into a session, I have no idea what's going to come up. They're like, what are we going to work on? I'm like, I don't know. It depends on what you want to work on. Like it's, it's, I usually, I have all my protocols and everything, but I come from such a feminine place in it. I was like, every session's different. I have no idea where we're going to go, but we always clear something. There's always at least a few aha moments with the client. And it's just a natural state of flow that's it's really beautiful and really healing. Mm. Yeah. So can you tell us more about um, what it's like being a Tantra practitioner? Like, what, what does your life feel like now? Um, yeah. How is life now compared to, like, five years ago? Oh, wow. It's totally different. Um, I think it's so different that I can't even recognize myself. Um, every, like from day to day, it's the same, except for the fact that like, I have so much more attunement for my body, um, and being able to like take moments of pause and understand where there used to be triggers or I might used to be like snappy and like fight back and stuff like that, that I'm calm. I'm so much more calm. And, um, you know, I think like the biggest test is always being around family. And I think that was the biggest thing that I got called into coming back was like, it's time for you to go back and see what work you've actually done and how well it actually worked. Mm. Because I can do all the work in the world if there's no triggers around me and where the best place to go for that is your family, of course. And so when I was able to go back and see the difference of how I was able to just sit and, and observe and understand when things would come up was it's so, it was huge. Um, And I'm so much closer to, like everyone around me due to it because I was understand I've cleared out so much as well as able to identify when something comes up and then, and check it and then, and process it. Um, so that's, that's really big. And also I was able to move through so many things. I found a beautiful partner here in, in, in Colorado, which um, I've, I've been longing for, for a while and couldn't figure out what was, you know, what was wrong with me per se, or why I wasn't able to find someone while I was in Asia Um, and that was, it's, it's lovely because I, you know, like knowing all the teachings and knowing everything, I was able to find someone that I'm not going to say meets me in the place that I am in completeness. Like I am complete and he is complete, but together 
I'm, I'm astounded at the things that we can create and, and do together. And he's on the same path as I am. And that was one of my main things I was looking for as, as someone that would want to walk the same path of purpose um, through Tantra. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's been, it's been really exciting and beautiful. And um, it kind of feels like, I don't want to say like all my dreams are coming true because it sounds like super dizzy, but mm-hmm. everything I'm wanting is, is being able to be coming to fruition a lot easier than before. Before I was kind of like, I felt like I was like kind of walking the dark, be like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But now I can see, I can see the path and I can see a vision for the future. on like, what I want to accomplish and That's where so I'm going. Cool. So Sounds much like easier. you're in alignment. Yeah, exactly. And when you're in alignment, things start to flow without yeah. having to struggle your way through it. Yeah. And it like the struggles that come feel like they're supposed to be there. And, and, you know, like life still happens, but I know how to handle those and manage them and to look at my own shit when it comes up and be like, okay, this is me. All right. I still have some more stuff to work on. Okay. Where else is there that, you know, I need to work on that's, that's not in alignment or that's causing me friction. And so it's, it's just knowing, cause like the thing I love about the practitioner training in itself and this work in general is that there's tools. It's not just like you're going to therapy for the rest of your life. We give you the tools to use every day so that you don't have to go to therapy every day. And so once you have those tools, great, go off and use them and use them actively and every day. And you won't ever have to see a therapist or pay anyone else for support. Sometimes you do, but like overall, that's the point is to make it an everyday thing. So you don't need to like access or need support from other people as much. Yeah. And I, and the way I see it as well, it's like, you're kind of building your capacity to be able to feel whatever's going on in your life and each day each time you do a practice each time you you let yourself feel something it's like you get a little bit bigger a little bit bigger a little bit bigger so that when life happens it's not overwhelming you don't fall over you don't get so overwhelmed it's like you can you can breathe through it you can experience your way through it and it's okay and, um, and so, yeah, I feel like these tools, it's kind of like, I see muscles, like I see like emotional muscles getting stronger and stronger. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. So you become stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, there's like your energetic body, there's your muscular body, you, you know, you've got your brain, you've got like three different things that you need to focus on. And a lot of people don't realize that or forget. And yeah. you should be working all of them to expand them out and make sure that they're all healthy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so now you're working as a tantra practitioner along with these other roles, still so, still in the healing arts field, but using your skills in many different ways. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's, um, I feel, I still feel like I'm pretty fresh um, onto the like tantra practitioner like line. So it's only been um, maybe a year. So, you know, compared to a lot of other people, I feel like that's, you know, nothing, but it's also still just me building up my, my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's the fun part because it's a self-discovery of like me finding my niches, working out what, like what paths I want to go on. And I, and I'm actually enjoying it and just taking my time and, and allowing myself to find the clients that come to me and know that that's who's perfect. And also working within the academy and, and doing facilitation and different things like that. And so um, I feel like my ADHD likes to do a more than a few things at once. And so it's it's kind of all going for the same purpose um, and the same path. But it, it gives me a little bit of diversity, diversity yeah. every day. 
Cool. And one of the other things that's nice about it is um, you also get to work in a collective as well. Sometimes being a solo practitioner, um, you know, it can be a lot to have a business all on your shoulders, just you doing it. But when you're in a collective of other people who are also practitioners or people who are also in the same field, it's like it kind of feels a little bit more like you've got community. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think like I've always been fully like really drawn into building community and creating um, togetherness because I feel like as humans, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be living um, together. And so like isolating yourself isn't going to help anyone, especially you. I think like when we have a cohesiveness like the Embodied Awakening Academy where there's so many opportunities to become a practitioner training to take events and workshops and courses and then you can also like work within the academy or you know have the other practitioner trainings to lead on it feels so good to be seen like if I'm having a tough day or if I have some like issue with something that I know I can I can message Chantal I can message Tara I can message any of the other women um, or guys in the academy and and I know I have support and that feels yeah. really good because even if I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going through all this stuff. They're like, girl, I've been there. You know, like I, I know I, I can feel seen um, and reach out. And they know the same for me. And and that's what's really beautiful. Yeah. And actually with the Tantra Practitioner Training as well, there like there is the community of other students as well, as well as tutors, as well as Chantal and Tara inside that you can talk to. And um, yeah. in the structure of it as well, you meet some. You meet with your pod, with your little. You have a little group of fellow students, like you know, three to four, and so you can become really tight with them as well as you know everyone else in the wider community of the students. So you've got that support. You've got that, yeah, that connection with people who are also going through similar stuff to you, or have been there, you know, the week before or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really beautiful because like, I'm still so close with everyone that I went with through my cohort, like my little group um, that I talk to quite often. And it's also beautiful to see the different abilities that come out in other people and to see like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like, that's so cool to see your powers come online that are completely different from my powers or like just being able to see to be like, oh, actually, I think, you know, if you have a client, be like, I think you should actually go with them. They're, they're more cater to this or this is more alignment with them and so that way you can see how other people have yeah it's just beautiful everyone has such beautiful gifts to bring like every person does and it's just unlocking them and I think that's the biggest calling is just unlocking your truest self and and finding those amazing gifts that everyone has they're so beautiful (laughs) so um in terms of unlocking those gifts if you could go back in time and speak to yourself you know the moment that you were making that decision to become the to do the tantra practitioner training or even during the training what advice would you have given yourself back then Mm, that's a good question I would say just really manage your self-care and really just focus on attunement to your body and listening to what you need And taking time for yourself, Um, a lot of times, especially like a lot of people like to, you know, like if they're doing the practitioner training and work, that that's a lot. Um, And, you know, like most society thinks 40 hours or 50 hours a week is normal. And that's not that 
it's not that healthy. <laughs> it's not great to be working these extra hours, especially if you're trying to pile on another 10 to 15 hours of, of really intense work at the same time. So I think like practicing some self-care and some self-love and taking some really nice time for yourself um, to integrate and heal and know that this is a big process and some big stuff's going to come up and it's okay. And you have people and support and just taking, taking the time to tune into yourself and, and find out those times when you need care and some rest and, it's a great practice and sometimes you won't need it all and you know, you're going ahead, but then there'll be times when you will. And it's, it's really attuning to those moments because that's when your body's yelling at you to slow down. And that's mm -hmm. when, you know, like, if you're not paying attention to that, that's when you can over traumatize yourself again. And that's not where we want to be. We want to take it back a notch and stay in that area of discomfort and not push it too far. Yeah. Like not overwhelming yourself, but yeah, like, you have your comfort zone, you have your growth zone, but then you don't want to go so far into the edges of your growth zone that it's like becoming overwhelming. And sometimes, yeah, if you're like burning the candle at both ends or yeah, doing too much, it can, it can be a lot for your system, especially when you're diving really deeply into, you know, feelings that maybe you haven't let yourself feel for 20 years or, you know, yeah. uncovering memories or something coming up. Exactly. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our audience about the life of a Tantra practitioner or, yeah, the journey of going from, you know, what you were doing to becoming a Tantra practitioner? I think that with these tools, especially the Tantra practitioner, there's limitless possibilities that this gives you on what your life can look like. Even if you don't, if you just want to take the tantric practitioner training as a way to have tools for yourself, I think it's a hundred percent worth it. Um, the amount of things that I can do and say, and like the parts of me that I found because of this training um, that come out sometimes is so much fun and life is so much more exciting because of everything that I can experience with these tools that I think it's worth it for everyone to do it and really know that like you will change drastically. And sometimes that means that you might not be in alignment with some of the people that were in your previous life, or you might find out that some people are dropping away because you're finally listening to your boundaries. And so sometimes this practice will start to give you some hard lessons in who you need to leave in your life and leave behind. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, take it with care. I think everyone should do it. Um, and it's always for the greater good of yourself. And that's what matters is yourself and what you're doing and honoring your whole being and where you are. Cool. So if the audience want to come check out your stuff, how can they find you? You're on Instagram. You have a I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm Rini Lou, um, which is my nickname. Um, I'm also, you can find me in the Academy. My email address is through there. So it's admin at embodiedawakeningacademy.com. Um, and that's, that's the easiest place to find me. Awesome. <laughs> Oops. Thank you so much, Lorinda. Thank you so much, Lorinda. This conversation has been awesome. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at a retreat or a event somewhere. And in the meantime, we know, we know that you'll be uh, doing Santa's work 
in the back end. Yeah. And thank you for um, facilitating this. This is beautiful. I'm excited Pleasure. for you to take it, see how, what you think. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com. See you next time.